Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I know we all experience that afternoon slump, but sometimes we don't want to have caffeine too late in the day. So this is when I drink Noon Brew Tea. It's so good. It's specifically designed for the afternoon to bust you out of that slump. It has 19 superfoods that help with energy, digestion, focus, and even deep sleep. It does all of this without the coffee jitters. So use the code outlier for 10% off your first order. Head to noonbrew.co and remember, use the code outlier. Okay, before I get started, I wanted to take a minute to tell you all about one of my other favorite true crime podcasts, and that's called True Crimecast, and it's hosted by these great guys, Jamie and John, and you know, everyone covers big stories on their true crime podcast, the big stories that everybody wants to hear about, but these guys, they specialize in small town cases, cases that you've most likely never heard of, so if you're listening to True Crimecast, You'll hear them give the details of each case and their analysis of whether or not justice has been served. You can find over six years worth of weekly true crime cast content wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, let's get on with Outlier. Welcome to the Outlier Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlon. So last week, I featured some commentary from forensic scientist, Dr. Henry Lee, who worked on all of these high-profile cases like OJ and Jean Benet, and I had him comment on John O'Keefe's arm. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you won't know what I'm talking about, but don't worry, I'll be brief. Dr. Lee was pretty middle of the road and said, look, I can't really confirm that those are dog bites or not dog bites until I have more information and see the clothing. 
And still, this caused so many more arguments on Twitter. I mean, it's it's so mind-blowing. So I'm going to be working on getting some other unbiased experts on the show to go over some of the case details. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that Initially, Karen Reed pled not guilty to second-degree manslaughter, and her lawyer had said, oh, it was an accident. She she didn't mean to hit him. And man, I think that's really going to come back and, and screw things up for her, because why? Why did she say that? And I, I keep going back in my head to the fact that, you know, she was drinking and she didn't sleep well and she probably wasn't in her right mind. So perhaps maybe she truly did think, oh gosh, could I have done this? And I I also mentioned that perhaps potentially Jennifer McCabe could have also put that in her head. Uh, I I don't know. It's something that that drives me insane. And this doesn't change the fact that I I still believe police did not do their diligence. And I've had two sources come to me and say that Colin Albert was at the house that night when John O'Keefe arrived because they know the person that Colin called for a ride home and the timestamp checks out. So uh, nothing from Turtle Boy yet, and I guess I won't hold my breath on getting my questions answered, but it would be an added bonus if I do. And I do believe that Turtle Boy is is very caught up in some things right now. There was an article uh, that was released from the Boston Globe, and it said that Karen Reed's phones were seized on January 24th because a search warrant was granted because they, the Massachusetts State Police believe that her phones contain evidence of witness interfering. And I had mentioned a possible conspiracy charge between Karen Reed and Aiden Carney, And man, this is just getting so crazy. So, so crazy. My goodness. But I I do have a copy of the affidavit for the search warrant. I just haven't had a chance to go through it line by line like I would like to. Off the top of my head, it's numbered and there's about 31, 31 pages and there are 104 numbers with different points that Lieutenant Brian Tully is making. And Karen doesn't really get super involved or her name, I guess, when it comes to the conspiracy charge between her and Aiden Carney until about number 42. And I do want to say, while it's not illegal to have journalists speak to lawyers, the lawyer's statement generally shouldn't prejudice a judicial proceeding. So I think that is probably more on Karen's lawyer more than anything. But And two other things that just jumped out at me, and I will repeat myself, I have not read this line by line, but one was the fact that it's Aiden Carney's ex that came out and said a lot of this stuff. That's one thing. The other thing is the statement about Brian Albert. I I couldn't really shake that. I know this could be considered hearsay, but from what everybody has said about him, and this is like legit sources in the town of Canton, and also pictures of him on Facebook and his Instagram, this affidavit says that he quit the football team at Bridgewater State because of the harassment that he was getting. He was so scared that he, he quit, and he doesn't 
appear to be that type of person. I don't know him. Again, it could be hearsay that he's this big, tough guy. But I read that and it was like, yes, it's all Aiden Carney's fault because he was getting harassed and so he had to quit the football team. So that I was like, hmm, I'm I'm not so sure about that. So just back to my my feelings on whether or not she killed John O'Keefe. Oh, I mean... I still don't know what to think. I do err on the side that she could be innocent based on the state of John O'Keefe's body, but there's not enough evidence and I'm still very confused. A lot of things confuse me. Like I said, the fact that she pled guilty to manslaughter and said it was an accident. The fact that her dad said she hit something. Lots of lots of different things. So uh, I will keep everyone posted on getting another guest, an unbiased guest that is well respected in law enforcement, crime, whatever. So uh, that... That brings me to a little piggyback off of this story. It's the crazy story of the Massachusetts State Trooper driver's license scandal. My goodness, Massachusetts, what's going on over there? That was a terrible accent, sorry. Um, Four state troopers were accused of accepting bribes in exchange for giving passing scores on commercial driving tests. And the bribes were basically like accepting expensive snowblowers and granite mailboxes. This is so random. And it was two former stadies and two current. And it's just like, what the hell? This is basically putting the people of Massachusetts' lives at risk because commercial licenses, like look who they belong to. They belong to the people that drive those big giant trucks, Mack trucks. And I don't really want to be on the road with someone driving one of those who potentially failed the test. Like, what the heck? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so before we get to Eli Roth, who is my guest today, I want to briefly just touch upon the Vince McMahon trafficking lawsuit. Ugh, that is so gross. I was sick over this. And Vince McMahon obviously resigned from his role at TKO. And the lawsuit is repulsive. I think a lot of us knew Vince McMahon was a sick, twisted animal, but we didn't really know the extent of it. And I, I was a big wrestling fan when I was in eighth grade. So this this is sad to me. I, I liked Vince McMahon growing up, but the way he texted this woman who filed the lawsuit against him, ugh, it's so gross. And what she alleges he made her do, I threw a link in the episode notes so you can see everything yourself because I don't really want to go over it, but he took a dump on her head. He pooped on her head for sexual gratification and he allegedly trafficked this woman to secure contracts with future wrestlers and talent. And, you know, in 2022, there was allegations that he paid someone off to cover up another sexual assault claim. And yo, he's almost 80. Like, that's so weird. I mean, what is happening? Okay, enough about Vince McMahon and Massachusetts corruption. Let's get to Eli Roth. Eli Roth is incredible. He's one of my favorite filmmakers because I'm a big horror movie buff. And if you didn't see his horror flick Thanksgiving, which obviously came out uh, around Thanksgiving of 2023, you absolutely must. It's actually back in theaters right now. It did that well. So I'm a big fan of that movie. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the movie's Hostel, even though 
though they still scare me to this day. Like I still get nightmares. And you know what? Eli Roth kind of does too. You will hear all about that. So without further ado, here's my interview with the legendary Eli Roth. Hi, how are you, Lord? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, really good. Good. So you're a you're a Boston guy, I read. Uh, yes, I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, which is where yeah. all the seeds for all my horror movies were, were planted. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, no, I I recently saw Thanksgiving actually in theaters because I'm a huge fan of yours. Popped a couple edibles and it was it was so good. I just want to tell you, I'll shut up in a second, but that opening scene in Thanksgiving was probably the best opening scene I've ever seen in a horror movie. My husband totally agreed as well. Wow. Thank you so much. I mean, I, I appreciate it. Look, I've, I've seen everything and I have very high standards for what I expect in a horror film, mm. especially a holiday slasher film. Yeah. And I wanted people to know that I wasn't playing around and that if I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and if I want a movie that sits in the imaginary video store shelf of my mind, you know, but that goes calendar-wise between Halloween and Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night. I, I, it's got to be, we got to go for greatness. And I wanted mm. people to know that, like, this is going to be better than you expect, that I took it seriously and we're going to do something great. So we put everything into that opening scene and we shot it in four nights, two nights outside, two nights inside. Um, wow. and, and it we had an amazing stunt team, amazing cast, amazing makeup effects group with Adrian Moreau and Steve Newburn in Toronto. So it was... Mm. Uh, Really, really happy. But, you know, that is one of those things where it's very nerve-wracking because. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You're doing it live. We're doing it real. <laughs> Everyone's really doing that. And you better hope that no one gets hurt like you rehearse it, but accidents happen. And mm. you don't know. I mean, the, the whole movie is going to hinge on that one opening scene. So you yeah. better get it. And it just took a lot of planning. And I'm, I'm really, really proud of the way it turned out. It, it all came together, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, you should be proud. It, it really was. The whole theater was going insane. We were like, wait, like that, it, that's just the beginning? Are you kidding me? I've, literally, I've never seen anything like it. And it's just, 
it's, it was crazy because that actually happens. Like people getting up at four in the morning to do this insane shopping. And we are actually, we came home, we're trying to explain it to our kids about, you know, oh, it's a crazy scene. And they're like, wait, what are you like people, people fight like that. And we're like, well, not, not to this extent, but yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. But it was, gosh, it was definitely one of your best. No, I was going to say that came from, you know, after we did the fake trailer, we we had all these fun kills in mind, but we didn't really know what the movie was and we didn't have a (laughs) plot, but we started watching these viral videos. There's so many of them Mm. out there of these, you know, doorbuster Black Friday sales. And once we started watching that, we thought, okay, there's something really interesting here that this is a great opening for a horror film because it's about the perversion of the holiday. It's now Mm. we have our theme. It's not just that, that, you know, someone wants to kill around Thanksgiving. It's that you know, it's this idea that we're all supposed to be so thankful for what we have when we give these speeches at dinner. But now people just, like, don't even go to the dinner. They just go right to the Black Friday sale. Or an hour later, they're trampling over each other for waffle iron. Yeah. And that's what I think is, <laughs> is great that, you know, even now around Halloween, I started getting text messages going Black Friday sale, Black Friday sale. There is no Thanksgiving anymore. We go from Halloween right into Black Friday. Mm. And it's this, this Christmas shopping that has completely erased this holiday to the point where... You know, it used to be black. When I was a kid, it was like, oh, there's a Black Friday sale. Let's go the next day at noon. But yeah. then it started creeping into midnight and then earlier because people, people don't even have dinner anymore. They just yeah. go right to the sale. And then I was like, there's something even worse, which is why do we have these sales? It's because the people do this because that's the only chance they get to get all their get Christmas gifts for their kids. And that's yeah. because the middle class has been eliminated. Like all their wages have been cut down to nothing. No one's getting paid anymore. And a few people at the top are keeping everything. So they're making everybody play these kind of gladiator games for electronics yeah. to, you know, fight. It's, there's something really dark and perverse about the, you know, inequality of wealth, that there's a few people, rich people sitting in their mansions while everyone else are playing these gladiator games for this stuff just to make their kids up because they can't afford it otherwise. So I think that's where you get interesting horror is that you have all these different kind of layers of, of things going on. Um, and then someone who's just out to like, you know, just that explosive rage, someone's out for revenge and all these people that participated, you know, from the top on down are all going to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I want to pivot on that, but first I did see on your, your Instagram that there is going to be a Thanksgiving too. Is that right? That is correct. I mean, the nice thing is that people came out like you, first of all, thank you for seeing it in the theater and how it's surreal that we have a movie that's out today on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, and on digital, but it's in 500 theaters. They re-released mm. it for wow. late shows. So people are going to see it in theaters, which is wild yeah. that the fans love it, that there's a real, you know, people are really excited about something new and a new mythology. And I wanted to give people a great night at the movies. You know, I want that night where like I was there opening weekend or I saw it in the theaters. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people came out when the great thing about a horror movie is you don't need a huge special effect. It's just corn, corn holders in the ear. <laughs> and that's enough. You know, if you do it right and you give them something so insane and perverse and fun and scary, like that like that opening scene, um, you know, they yeah. come out and you get to do more. So we're, we're in the process of writing the sequel right now. But, but they're giving me an extra year to do it. Instead of rushing to get it for 2024, I don't want this to die with a bad sequel. Like, let me at least take a shot. I mean, you know, you, you always hope for the best, but let me just make sure that the second one is great. Like, it has to be. Totally. So, I, you know, let's put it out in 2025. Let people watch the first one. 
get used to the characters and you know go from there. Oh my gosh, I love that. And please, please put Lewis Lit in there again. I love him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Awesome. We can't so keep good. him away. He's, yeah. Text me 30 times a day. He's, he's the greatest. We love, we love Rick. I love it. I love it. Well, you, God, Hostel, I mean, I, God, I think I had nightmares for probably up until last year. And every once in a while, uh, if I'm having a, a, a bad night, wow. I will go back. And yeah, no, really, but you, you made that movie for, uh, I think it was like $4 million or something, very, very small budget. But how yeah. did you even, how did you even get people to, or investors to, uh, I guess, get behind you on, on this? Because this, this had never been done before, right? We had never even uh, tread lightly on, on stuff like this, that possibly there's this elite group of people that get off on torturing other people. And it's, I mean, it's insane, all of it. So I, I just, I just want to know, like, how did you, how did you get people behind that? How did you even, how did your brain even go there? Well, I remember telling Quentin the idea when he was like, I had turned on a, a studio movie, and mm. he's like, I, I felt weird about it because they had offered me more money than I'd ever seen in my in my entire life. It would have like, I, I just couldn't believe that I was saying no to it, but yeah. I just couldn't get. I just was like, it was going to ruin my. I was, I didn't know how to make it good. And mm. Quentin's like, well, what other ideas do you have? And I told him the idea for hospital. He's like, Eli, that is the scariest idea I've heard for a horror film in 10 years. You have to do that. And I go, what if it's too thick? He goes, oh, oh, oh. Go, no one will see it opening weekend. He goes, don't worry about opening weekend. Think about the weekend 15 years from now. And kids are still watching in a sleepover. That's the only weekend that matters. He goes, Reservoir Dogs barely made money, but 15 years later, it's a bona fide classic. You think of the, mo- the weekend. And I said, well, Maybe I should just go make it for three million bucks. And at the time, we had DVD sales. And look, we're out now on DVD and Blu-ray. But mm-hmm. at the time, those home video sales can make a lot of money. That's where everyone made the money. It wasn't in theatrical. You knew that. You know, now we pay money for your streaming services. But at the time, every Tuesday, people were going out to Walmart and buying a bunch of DVDs and building your collection. Yeah. So I knew that no matter what. I could make $5 million in sales on home video. That's what they were doing at the time. And wow. so whoever invested in me, based on the Cabin Fever stuff, my first one, Cabin Fever, done so well mm-hmm. in the theaters and on DVD, that, and globally, they, they, they had all these projections. They go, look, at $5 million and under, you can do whatever you want. Because even if the movie doesn't work, we can put it on a DVD box with your name on it, and it'll sell a certain amount of units. So that's how we used to fund everything. That's where the horror movies are more experimental. That's gone now. You don't yeah. have that anymore. Now there's no backstop. There's mm-hmm. streaming. It's like it's only streaming, or it's all got to do well in theaters. And it's really, it's really sad that the economics are are gone because so much more interesting, weird, experimental movies are being made because you could make your money back with home video, but you don't have that anymore. It's completely gone. Everything's yeah. gone to streamers, and that's why there was a whole strike about it because all right. of a sudden, writers and directors that used to make these money make money in the DVD sales. There are no DVDs, so. It's great. Look, I'm very proud. Of hopefully, hopefully the Blu-ray and DVD of Thanksgiving is a huge <laughs> seller and people buy it for the collection with all the extras. But yeah. you know, you yeah. spend ten thousand, you spend sell two million, so it's a different thing. So mm. with Hostel, I was like, look, I can give you a runtime and a rating if it's under two hours and it's R-rated, and I can do it at this number, which was you know four million, three point eight million, and then two hundred in bank loans. And they said, sure, we'll do that. And then. It became the unicorn. You know, it made yeah. twenty million in theaters opening weekend. I mean, no one had ever, like even considered that was a possibility. So mm, everybody wow. did great. I mean, it's really 
it was fun. And I got to do another one. And then, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing is it's where I can keep the cost low, whether it's knock, knock or green inferno, even Thanksgiving, you know, for studio movie, studio release movie, we did it for 15 million. Most movies yeah. are made for 150 million, 200 yes. million. So that's totally. the nice thing is that like, it's just got to, it's got like, if you just deliver the goods and the fans know that I'm going to, cause it's too important to me. Um, you know, that it'll make its money back. And that's all you can really ask for at this point is you get to do another one. It's yeah. not like the old days. The old days are gone. Yeah, no. And I, you know, there it's good and bad. I definitely always talk about missing the old days, but I think uh, anything that has your name attached to it, people do expect quality. So I think it's wonderful how, um, you know, you, you do choose what you put your name on you, and you do choose these projects because not to make you feel weird, but there's a lot of pressure on you because you're Eli Roth. <laughs> so you can't put anything out that's uh, subpar and, you know, not that scary because you started off with Cabin Fever and with Hostel. And I think at this point and, and not going into any sort of like conspiracy, but I think at this point, like with just rumors of, you know, what happens in the world and stuff. I think it just makes Hostel even scarier, like even more of a, you know, of, of that movie that everybody, the high school kids want to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I, do, I, I do know. I didn't, I didn't know that Hostel would start out as a, as a work of fiction and turn into a documentary. <laughs> like people watch Hostel now and they're like, yeah, this, this is all real. Yes. There are people, there, there are these, the richest once Jeffrey Epstein's Island comes out and you yes. just see all the stuff of like, oh, wow, I was onto something. I was correct. The wealthiest people in the world that are so money doesn't do anything for them or that they're now getting off sexually on total power and violence and control over another person. That I, it's like I was really tuned into something that was going on. I just sort of felt it. You know, I just was like, I just saw it in some really weird way. I knew it was happening. And then I, there were some torture chambers that people had mm-hmm. that were like shipping containers. It was just mm-hmm. shit out of hostel stuff the cartels do. I mean, it's like you think yeah. you're making this stuff up, and then someone really does it. I mean, exactly. it was it's horrible, but you're just like I can't I can't believe it. But you know, this is the way the world is. So I'm, yeah, there's something uh, yeah. really scary. There was something about hostel that was too real for people. That was like, and and that's what it was. That was the intent of that movie. Was this should be the one that's like too. Like, you know, it's going to freak you out and like be that resonating scare. With Thanksgiving, I was like, I'm making a holiday slasher film. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like when you go see My Bloody Valentine or Halloween or Silent Night, Deadly Night, and you're scared, but you're also kind of cheering the death, but yes. you like the kids, but you kind of want them to die. Like, it's one of those movies where there's a spirit of fun to it. And mm-hmm. it's just the deaths are just crazy enough that you're, you can enjoy them. They're not like very realistic, you know kind of deaths are just over the top enough that they're like totally insane within the scope of reality, but still fun, but never a joke, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I just, I just wanted yeah. to be like a fun, yeah. like, you know, you take edibles and you go through with your husband, you come home <laughs> yeah. and you're like trying to explain this stuff to your kids. And your kids are like, you know? are you and you're like, kind of. Wow. You just nailed it. You nailed my date night. I, I know am, you- but you're not supposed to know. You literally, though, that's exactly what you did. And I'm so glad that you you brought that up about just like Epstein and all of these people, the billionaires that are just, they're sickos. And, and we're like, wait, what? This stuff probably does happen. Now, with that being said, do you see a Hostel uh, 3 in your future or something similar? Because I think that right there would be like, bam. <laughs> oh, there's there's something I'm I'm 
definitely want to continue with the world for sure. No mm. question. It's, oh. uh, yeah, absolutely. No, 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 there's, there's no question. No, I've, like it's, there's, there's something that I want to do with hostile, how I continue, how I continue that because as it's sort of kind of come to fruition or come to light that this is all really happening. I was like, there's such a world here to mine. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I would love to. It's a dark world though. I mean, after hospital two, I was like, it's hard. It's, you know, you gotta, it's like, it couldn't be, I, I can't go back into torture, yeah. but the yeah. perversion and the sick things that rich people do and what mm-hmm. they do to like entertain themselves. When like, What happens when you have that much money and you have that much power and nothing stimulates you anymore? Like yeah. what drives you? What do you do when entertainment means nothing? When you can literally pay anyone to do anything and there's just like, there's just nothing. It's like, what is that? Like there's something really like, we're all kind of like, well, that would never happen to me, but it happens to everybody. There's nobody mm-hmm. that can escape that. That mm-hmm. boredom. It's really weird. The boredom of the rich. It's really, yeah. it's, it's like creepy and scary. I sound I, like in Salford. I, you know, like I love that in Salford yeah. when they're like in this giant mansion, they're in a tiny room watching super bad. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> you're still just sitting around watching super bad like the rest of the night. yes exactly no that's that's such a good point and you know i uh i i do investigative journalism as well and it's obviously not the same thing as horror and and torture and stuff but i know what you're saying where like and you can't get this stuff out of your head and you get into such a dark place and how do you shake that and i think certain things enhance that and you know you do need to know yourself and your body and take a break so i think it's wonderful that you are uh you, you seem very healthy, right? Your brain is healthy enough to say, okay, I gotta, I gotta stop with, with that stuff, you know? Yeah. Stop. Well, also I want it to be interesting. It's not that I, I think any of it's real when I'm making mm-hmm. a movie, but you are just like listening to it scream over and over and over and over. It's like, like you know, I was yeah. like, wow, I, was, I felt like I was in those, those rooms for two or three years, like just listening to people screaming and sounds of power tools. Like I'm going to yeah. give myself a break. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, and so Green Inferno was like, I took a long break before Green Inferno, which is like a jungle adventure. And then mm-hmm. Knock Knock, which is just like a chess kind of intimate cat and mouse film. And then, then I was like, now I need to just really break it up. And I was offered Death Wish, which was not on my radar. It just happened. I was like, all right, let me just go and do this. I love work that with movie. Work a movie star, work in the studio. And let me do a kid's thing. Let me do a kid's movie with Amblin. Let me try and do a movie for like everyone who loves horror to get their kids in scary movies and you know then borderlands came up then i did a documentary called finn on on shark finning and then i was like ready to come back to thanksgiving when i was really excited and i missed horror and i wanted to prove myself and Mm. come back and do it bigger and badder than everyone else like you know you get that competitive spirit of like i gotta step aside kids let me show you (laughs) let grandpa come in and show you how it's done like there is that feeling where you're just like all right guys i'm back watch this you yes. want to do that. Like, I think every, every director has that. So, but mm. you only want to do it when you really feel ready and you really got something to say and something to prove. So I yes, that's well, the fun of directing. Thank you so much. I, I could talk to you all day, but I'm being told I don't have any more time. So Eli Roth, thank you so much for joining the outlier with Lauren Conlon. That's me. I really, I want to have a follow-up sometime because you are, you are awesome, dude. You are so, so we'll talented. Let's do it for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. That was Eli Roth. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate me and subscribe, please. And 
If you ever have any tips or you have a story you'd like me to cover, please email me, lauren at magicshack.com. That's the word magic and shack, S-H-A-K. Okay, until next week, thanks for listening. I drink a lot of caffeine, so there are times when I'm a bit jittery and I need to relax. My favorite potent CBD is Next Evo. Head to the link in the episode notes to order yours with my special discounts because like I said, this CBD is good, it's potent, and it's clinically proven to help with stress and relaxation. Next Evo. You definitely need these.